When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome into Purple Access. Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, Declan Goff, as always, presented as you just heard by our friends at Surly Brewing Company. Don't forget our draft party. We'll talk about that in a second. Coming up a week from today as we record this Thursday for the first round of the draft and also by our friends at TCL TV, a perfect place to watch the draft. If, if you can't be at Surly, it's on a TCL television. Chip Scoggins, um, certainly some draft talk, but I want to start you off with your thoughts on this. And no, I'm not going to uh, have the hot take that the that the Vikings should move heaven and earth to acquire Debo Samuel from San Francisco. What I'm going to ask you about is with all of the movement of receivers in recent months, Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders. Tyree Kill, I think surprisingly, traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. And now Debo... Who's going into the um, Who's going into the last year of his contract? Demanding, demanding, trying to get out of San Fran. Here's my question for you: Do you expect this to become an issue with Justin Jefferson, who is going into the, into the third year of his rookie contract, not eligible for an extension yet, but he is, I believe, a year from this May, and that will be going into year four. The Vikings technically have him through the the fifth-year option. But all of that being said, what's your assessment? Because we are certainly seeing a lot of uh, bobbing and weaving from a position at which the Vikings have at least one really good player. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know that we can draw, draw a um, straight-line correlation with all of them. Um, you know, obviously... Uh, Devonte, that situation in Green Bay with with salary cap being what it is and and money, that's one thing. I didn't Tyree Kill was that. I, I think that was a money thing too. And you, yeah, when you have well, so that's much, yeah, you know, up, big part of it. Mahomes, when you have so much tied up with Mahomes, it's it's you know, there's only this is the issue when you have a quarterback that make makes so much money. Obviously, Debo Samuel's I think is a different situation there probably, um, but he's going to want to get paid. But will it affect? Jefferson or or influence, you know, his situation here. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, as I sit here today, I would say I, I wouldn't push any alarm button or anything like that. Um, because I don't think 
paying him the going rate for what he's going to get a year from now or, you know, 16 months from now when, when they lock him up. Um, Cause I don't think that cousins is going to be here when that kicks in. Do you, I mean, I think my, my guess is no, my, that, that's my, again, guess. I guess my guess. I think this is a two year bridge until you get to a, a rookie quarterback or someone cheaper. Um, so I don't think it's going to be one of those situations where it's either, or, Hey, we can't afford a quarterback and Justin Jefferson. Right. Um, now, would he get – if they don't make the playoffs this year, is he going to get antsy to, um, you know, find a situation where he has a better chance to be uh, in the playoffs annually? Mm-hmm. I can't sit here and say he wouldn't, but um, but I don't I don't know that what we saw this offseason is going to be a trend that continues for the next however many years. There are so many interesting tentacles, too, here. Uh, to go down. And one path is this Spielman, especially uh, in his years working for the Wolves first with uh, Brad and then with Frazier and then ultimately with, with Mike, you know, Chip, we covered this. That club had a very, very set plan of, we are going to reward our stars and they did a good Mm -hmm. job. And sometimes contracts were great. Sometimes they, they might not have, have been, but it was a consistent plan. Um, and it felt like they rewarded their stars in a fair way, especially at first, uh, based on the fact that that they were stars, not positionally. Like it didn't seem like they discriminated against running backs or safeties right. or something. Yeah. So I guess I guess the first tentacle I'd be curious about, and I know my own response, but I don't know theirs now. Uh, uh, starting with Quasi, is will they look at a receiver who wants to break the bank and say, absolutely, yes, or or will they have a bit of a different view? Now, personally, I would keep it, yeah. but that's me personally. Yeah, I, I don't think um, you have to recognize special talent. I agree. And I, don't, I don't think you can say, well, we'll just put anybody in Kevin O'Connell's system and, and they're going to be productive. I, that is a dangerous game to play, right? You might be right, but you could definitely be absolutely wrong. And I just think Jefferson is such a special player that um, I would put him in a category of you have to do whatever it takes to keep him because he's your best player. He's your most popular player. Um, He seems like he, I think, as he kind of grows more in the league, he's going to be that leader that you always talk about that, grabs guys by the shoulders and say, let's go, you know, like he's, he's going to walk in the locker room and command respect to people are going to listen to him. I think mm-hmm. um, he has that kind of uh, uh, pers- magnetic personality, right. Mm-hmm. Where um, I think we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago. He, he, his personality strikes you as the same as Anthony Edwards, just his presence. And so I, this is not one of those situations where they're like, you know, what? he's too expensive. We'll draft some guy and we'll get, Maybe not the same production, but a little bit, because I think his his impact goes beyond that. Here's the second point, too, then, that's that will be really fun to watch. And I don't know how it p- plays out, but I, I tend to agree with you on Kirk. I think Kirk's, I think, and I might be wrong again, yeah. who knows? I yeah. think Kirk is in his last contract here. I The keywords being, I think that. I have no idea what they think. Um, what's interesting about this and I think there can be a parallel drawn to what's going on with Debo probably in San Fran right now is this one. 
So the Vikings are clearly, right or wrong, putting all of their chips in. We think that we can win now. We're going we're gonna to pay Kirk. We think that we can turn Kirk into a guy that can consistently perform. How's that? And play well. Now, what's interesting is I think part of Debo's, I, I think Debo's issues in San Fran have nothing to do w- with the finances because I think that they could pay him. I think it has to do with two things. One is his his usage is going to eat up his career quickly because he's playing yeah. two tough spots, not one, uh, yeah. which, Je- which Jefferson does not have to concern himself with clearly. The second – Judd Rialto makes him a special player too. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Maybe he looks at – but I think that's – the fact that he's so versatile and can do those things I think makes him unique. But, yeah. I agree, and I think he thinks I'm, I can be a star receiver. Um the second thing, though, ties into Jefferson directly, and it's this. I think one of the frustrations that Samuel might have is is San Fran is going to transition from Garoppolo, who I don't think is great, but he's a known commodity, to Trey Lance, who could be great, but we don't know. And I think in Samuel's mind, he thinks, do I want to transition and go with a young quarterback who I have seen in practice, but I don't know. And I wonder, yeah. Chip, I wonder if Jefferson – would get to a point where he thinks if Kirk is gone and Kirk is good, but we're going to draft a, a guy, I don't want to be involved in that type of transition. I'm just, I'm throwing out the variables yeah. that could become talking points. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm guessing that's a conversation that they have ongoing with him and his agent as they start talking about the quarterback situation. Cause I, I think he is of that stature where you don't necessarily have to, you know, tell him everything you're doing and who you're, you know, who you're going to select and, and all that. But I think you have to be up front and say, Hey, you know, at least after this year, cousins has one year left, um, you know, whatever they're planning to do, if they're going to, you know, um, draft a guy, blah, blah, blah. I think he, you have to sell him on the fact that mm-hmm. whoever that quarterback is, uh, they're going to surround him with good coaching, O'Connell, a good system, good players, and that whoever the guy is, Justin Jefferson is going to be the focal point. So no matter who's throwing the ball, he's going to get a lot of uh, uh, receptions. And so, um, you know, just being a little bit we're around Jefferson, he seems like the ultimate competitor that, I don't care who's throwing the ball. I'm going to make a play, you know? Yes. I don't, I don't know that he would let that be, oh, my gosh, we have a you know a young quarterback. He's not as experienced as Cousins. I went out of here. I, I guess I would be surprised if he thought that way because he seems like he feels like he's going to win no matter what, yes. <laughs> you know, the situation is yep. or the circumstances around him. So yep. that part – but I, I can see it with Debo that with where he's at in his career and, like, ah, do I want to go through, a, you know, the growing pains of a rookie quarterback who we don't – and he may – haven't been with him in practice for a year. He may say this guy can't play. You know that, that could be a problem too. Like yeah. if you see a guy and you're like, oh my god, this guy really can't play. I really don't don't want to be there. Yeah, that yeah. It's just become a position. This used to be a position that I thought Chip that you could find guys. And look, there were some great ones, but it felt like you know Stefan Diggs fifth round. Yeah, uh, it feels more and more right now like there is a premium being put on that position that was not. I think the fairest thing to say is not it was not consistently there before the last you know two or three years. It's really taken off. Yeah, and I, I think there is still that 
that possibility that you can find an Adam Thielen. If you can find a guy who just give them a chance, and if, if they work hard and develop themselves into a player, um, maybe they'll maybe they'll uncover that with KJ Osborne, a guy who you know, if you give him a chance and he works hard, he turns himself into a pretty darn good receiver. But I think there's a select few guys that are in a whole different ball game category when you start talking right. about Jefferson and those guys. I mean, Devontae Abbott. I mean, the best handful of guys. Um. I just think they're so special and they uh, are so dynamic and make your offense uh, harder. I just don't know that you can replace them with a guy and think, you know what, we'll, we'll fill in the gaps around. That's that's yep. just, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. The guys that scare you, right? Like those are, those yeah, are the guys, which, which is why you can't say post game. Well, they took, they took the guy away. What were we like? There's a handful of guys where you can't say that you got to keep trying to find ways. Well, and you know darn well, every every team they face this year, when they on Monday morning when they start to the game plan how they're going to try to defend the, the Vikings' offense, they're going to start with Jefferson. Yep. All right, what do we do with Jefferson? And he's just he's in that kind of category, much like Adrian Peterson was when he was here. Everything was revolved around him. what are you going to do to stop Peterson? That list is whom then? Jefferson one, Cook two. Do you think? I would think so. Yeah, because he's still explosive and you can't just say, ah, he's just a guy, you know? I mean, right. I would say, um, yeah, uh, Jefferson cook and Adam Thielen in the red zone, you know? Right. It'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, there's so much more this guy has to prove, but how much Irv Smith kind of gets into that conversation this year in this offense, if he's healthy, if, if he can have that kind of role where not saying he's, you know, above those other guys, but he is a guy where you, you say, okay, this guy's unique. You know, he has kind of unique skill set. We have to figure out something here versus, okay, this is just this, guy, this guy's a tight end that can catch, you know, a few passes. Absolutely. So a week from tonight, first round of the draft. Don't forget that uh, Mackie, yours truly, and Declan Goff, and a special guest appearance, Chip. I, I, well, or are you gonna have to bail uh, on us? I think I got to write. Oh, you can I write from I'm there. Gonna, uh, you right, can write we're going to pop yeah. off the screen. We're done with Purple Black. We're, you can we're all write done from now. There. You can write from there. Anyway, we will be at Surly <laughs> Brew Hall. Doors open at 3. We start at 6 for the first ever Score North slash Surly Brewing draft party. Uh, a TCL TV will be in play. Someone, I believe, will walk out of there with a TCL TV. We're also collecting donations, Declan, for, uh, for um, non-perishable items so it's going to be for a good cause and don't forget the very exciting and i was very excited for chip to try this before i die brew ale is being brewed especially one night only on tap for this event before i die in other words can the vikings win a super bowl before we we all die right now it's looking yeah not so great but anyway enjoy the beer surly brew hall draft night we'll be doing a show that'll start at six go until the first round is done we'll take your questions pop you on camera, have a mic there. It's basically going to morph into a vent line uh, during the draft as well. So check us out there. Uh, Doors open at 3, and we start at 6. Surly Brew Hall next Thursday, and there is no admission charge. What does your spidey sense tell you right now, Chip Scoggins? What do you think the Vikings are going to do with that 12th pick? Because there certainly are lots of options. And I'd say right now, because we've got no book on Quasi and Company, I have no idea. All yeah. guesses on my part. Yeah, I have no idea. And all you guys 
saying, take a wide receiver. You're trying to throw me off my scent. Huh? That's what I'm trying to do. They got to take a cornerback. Come on. <laughs> Look at their cornerback situation. They got to take a cornerback. Um, and I, I, I know, I think your, your partner in crime Phil, is trying to get everybody on the, they need to take a wide receiver and score a thousand points a game. Yep, um, yep, and yes. I, and I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Writing some down right. Fifty burger. First team to average fifty a game. Well, here's the thing about that. We've all dumped on Zimmer about how much he was restrictive and held the offense back. So, uh, if, if removing him from the equation and adding O'Connell and, and the offensive staff, and everybody assumes that the offense is going to be better just by that, then I don't know why you have to go out and draft a wide receiver. Um, in the first round. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. For the 50 <laughs> burger. That's why. <laughs> Watch him draft like a, you know. Guard. Quarterback. Yeah, yeah guard. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Stop. Is, I guess to me, I, I, I would go corner. I just think that's their biggest position of need. Um, the the big question I have is, is uh, okay, Sauce Gardner is going to be gone. At twelve, is Derek Stingley going to be there? Yeah, I look at enough mock drafts that everybody have him taken going nine to Seattle. Yep. The fact that he ran fast at his pro day and showed that he's healthy probably didn't help the Vikings. No. <laughs> um. So yeah, but if he's there, I take him. Um. Could they? Kyle Hamilton, a safety. Well, would you do that? So here's my problem there. The player, I definitely would. Like he sounds, it yeah. sounds like a, just a great talent. Yeah. But these guys, these guys are going to be big on positional value, I believe. So are they going to take? So. A, are they going to take a talent at a positions that a position that's not seen as a positional value, like cornerback would be? Yeah, and that's the one where I think they do their analytics come in. Do okay when you start ranking the importance and heck, even Mike Zimmer had the thing a couple of years ago where he said. <laughs> when they had Anthony Harris paid him pretty big money to be, and he said, well, safety was not high on the list of, you know, the most important position on defense. And so it'd be interesting to see if, if they trade back and, and I think we'll all, you know, if that happens, we'll all scream Spielman and Trader Rick and kind of have some fun with that. But um, sitting at 12, could they trade back and get a Trent McDuffie? Right. Um, the cornerback from Washington, wherever you have to fall to another corner who's there. Um, if they did go wide receiver, I think Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State guy is going to be gone in the top 10 probably. But Chris Olave, who I loved um, at Ohio State, very talented. I think he would be available. But I, again, I think I would just go defense. I mean, I, I, I trust that uh, O'Connell staff, you know, between – Jefferson Thielen, KJ Osborne, whoever, you know, they come up with other that they'll have enough receivers and, and establish some depth there that I would focus on the defensive secondary and try to shore that area up. If Stingley is gone though, by twelve, who do you take there? Yeah, I would if you don't want to spend that pick on a on a safety in Kyle Hamilton, I think I probably would look at trading back to see if you could get Trent McDuffie, you know later in the first round, a few spots later and pick up, you know, some draft capital that'll help you, you know, that next year. Um, 
it's dangerous if you if you say we we like that guy and we, you know we we want a safety or the, the, you know we want a corner you'd have to figure out who below you might be eyeing a cornerback right. too you know right you, you run in the you run the risk of losing out on him too um, but yeah I, Stingley would be my guy but I just don't know is he going to be there still on the board at twelve and you you know does it concern you that in college his first year, he was fantastic, great, absolutely yeah. fantastic, and then and then got hurt and didn't play. Like how how much does the fact that you basically have a one year, I think it's now three years back sample size, and after that it sort of dries up. Yeah, I think I just be um, not so much as how good is he versus are we sure that the health thing is the foot and right. everything's healed and not a chronic thing or anything. Like, you know, the medicals to me that would be the only. Uh, has a you know, not even hesitation, but just concern that you would you know you want to make sure you you have your hands around. I I think he, everybody can see he can play. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the full body of work because of the injuries that other guys might have, but I think he's you know, uh, pretty special talent. What's your best guess on the quarterbacks? Well, I think most people think what Pickett to to uh, Carolina. I've seen that in mocks. I've seen I've I seen. seen- yeah, I've seen him going second at times to Detroit, which, I mean, does need a quarterback. But the question is, yeah. is this draft strong enough at that position to sustain such a high pick on a quarterback? Yeah, I I don't love either one of them enough to, you know, if, if I was drafting it now, it all, you know, everybody sees think guys differently and who would fit their system and, and obviously need. Um, but. Could you wait a year? Could you find a bridge to get you to next year if, if you're one of those teams? That, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, that, I think I would be more inclined to do that. And just yeah, stink for you. Well, that's it. I mean, how much are you willing to sacrifice another year to um, put yourself in position to when the, when the quarterback draft class is better and yep. deeper? And um, I think I would be more inclined to do that than just say, you know what, we're not very good at quarterback. Let's just, you know, try to solve it this year, unless you're just totally in love with one of those two guys. And right. maybe they are. I just, I just, I don't get the sense that either one of them rises to that level though. And there are certain spots in sports across the board, Chipper and, and quarterback is definitely one. And it might be the top one that makes people do stupid things. Well, yeah. Like the, I mean, just the, you know, the pan, the ponder panic. Oh, we got to take one. We got to take one. Let's just take this one. Um, it makes people who are supposedly intelligent about their job really, really dumb at times. Well, it is for and, them. And, and you know, part of the thing, judges, is so darn unpredictable. Who's going to succeed and who's going to fail? And so, you know, it, it's the most important sport uh, position in sports. And when you don't have one, you get desperate. <laughs> and there's, there's no, I don't say there's no rhyme or reason why guys succeed or fail, but it's, it's you know, the biggest crap shooting. So yeah, you get crazy when you don't have one. So, um, and you get envious and you get restless and you, yes. you know, you have to get that right. And so that to me is why I think this next year is going to be so fascinating with this new regime, because let's be honest, that's a big part of the reason why they're here because they haven't been able to solve that uh, with this organization for a long time. And so, uh They've got to have a plan to figure out one, how do you identify it? Two, how do you 
be in position to identify to get the guy that you want, mm-hmm. which is that might be just as hard, right? <laughs> yeah, to to absolutely. So, and and I, I think what's intriguing about this entire thing is two thousand. It's it's very clear now as this plays out before us. Two thousand twenty-two is going to be a, a referendum on Zim. Like this is going to be. He was such a bad coach. He lost the locker room. He couldn't coach cousins. He was terrible. Which is which is probably not entirely true at all. But if that doesn't work, two thousand twenty-three is going to be the the referendum on Spielman because that's like right now they're keeping his team mm-hmm. together. Like to to a point yeah. where I, I've said I'm surprised. He got fired because they kept his team together. But if it doesn't work to perfection or damn near close to, you know, to being really yeah. good in 22, 23 is going to be all about we had to replace Rick's guys because they're going to have enough time to pivot and make that PR change and say, hey, you know, in retrospect, it's really all Rick's fault. Yeah. And they'll just say we didn't want to rush. Yep. We didn't want to rush into, you know, personnel decisions, just get rid of everybody, you know, three months after taking the job. And, and I'll understand that to some degree, yeah. you know, because you want to kind of, you know, as a, at Kevin O'Connell's press conference the other day, yesterday or whatever it was. And he even said like, it's a clean slate with these guys. Cause you know, he's like, tell him on. I have no, never seen him play. I have no idea. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been on the practice field. I don't know really anything about it. And he said, a lot of these guys is clean slate because they don't know anything about them. They haven't right. seen them practice. They haven't seen them play. And so I do think there is some of that just like, hey, see what you got before you, you know, totally dismantle and tear it down. I would think, though, in fairness, Chipper, that Kevin O'Connell's been coaching a long enough time where if he watches yeah. the practice film of Mond, he probably has ideas, though, right? Well, yeah. And and he he talked about he, uh, you know, when he was coming out, I mean, these coaches all evaluate every quarterback. Right. He was right. a quarterback's coach. So he evaluated, he said he was like 20, 25 quarterbacks. So he evaluated him on film during the draft process. And so he has a good handle on him when he was in college and whether that translates to the NFL. He's not going to come out and tell us that, you know. <laughs> Press I think he's terrible. Yeah. But not so much a clean slate for him. But I think some of these, the rookie class last year, defensive guys or whatever that you never played that you don't know. But, um, but I think he does. I mean, in fairness, even if you evaluate a guy on in college, you still want to see him in practice and before you make the ultimate determinations like, hey, right, yes or no, thumbs up or thumbs down, he's not going to fit what we're doing. So um, so I, I do think he's probably coming in with a little bit of open mind on everyone. I mean, sure, you have preconceived ideas about who's good, who's not, who's going to fit, who's not, but you have to at least give him a chance to see what it looks like when you're practicing. What did you think was the most intriguing thing that you heard from O'Connell at that presser a couple of days ago? Well, I, I asked him, and not, not to say because my question, because you know, um, no, go a ahead. lot of it was. Well, we get it. To, I mean, the Kirk oh. stuff. You know, yep. that he he said that this because they, the coaches can't be there. We, we can talk about that. That that uh, this is basically a time for cousins to kind of take charge and other leaders to to. You know, I know. Phil kind of has some Twitter fun with the sitting front and center in meetings. Um, but typical, but I, I, very I, negative. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I do think this is probably, uh, you know, his um, cousin's time to really kind of uh, be, a, be a leader. 
you know, and, and as much as he, you know, if he wasn't doing this before he, you know, I would assume he was in the off season previous because coaches can't, you know, the previous coaches couldn't be there either. Um, but just, you know, digesting it. It was interesting. He said, this is O'Connell said, this is kind of the stress-free part of, uh, there's no pressure. Just kind of learn it, learn the, you know, the playbook, what they're, you know, asking each guy to do. Yeah. Um, Smith, he's feeling better. He's, they're kind of easing him along a little bit, um, but he seems optimistic about him. But I, you know, I asked him about, cause I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I have this column idea that I'm going to do, but I asked him about the uh, game management coordinator. Hmm. I said, you know, this is a, you know, a new term kind of in, in football and we've all been kind of, saying for a couple of years, you know, they should have game management. And he said, absolutely, it's been on his mind, and it's something that um, he kept using the word clarity. He wants – they're going to go over – they have this uh, – I forgot what the heck he called it, but basically a, a session every week where they, they're going to show the team five to ten situations that happen in games. Hey, two-minute timeout or two-minute warning – two-minute drive here, uh, do you kick it, do you go for it, blah, 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 all these different safe situations. And they're going to go through them and say, how would we handle that situation with us? You know, so that they're, that they're prepared. At the end of the day, he's going to have to make a snap decision, right? right. Pressure's on. He said it. He, he even stole, I think, the idea that you had that uh, have people be able to listen in on the headphones on the sidelines. He said, it is kind of chaotic. All the voices you're hearing in different things. Right. He said, people would love to hear the stuff that's said on there. He said, so there's a lot of noise and a lot of frenzy. And he said, in some ways it can feel chaotic, but um, he wants to have almost like a set core of principles. Like we're going for it all the time here. We're doing this in this situation, whatever. So, huh. and, and, and the, and the game management coordinator, I think it's going to be uh, Ryan. I forgot his last name. I apologize, but, going to have a lot of analytics behind that. Like, Hey, you have to go for it in these situations, fourth down on the, you know, opponents 45 or whatever, you have to go for these. And so I think it's going to be a constant dialogue and a lot of data with it, but I hope he's aggressive in those situations. And I'm guessing he probably will be right. Just there's, pro- there's probably, there's probably a, a happy place between being aggressive and being like Staley was with, with the chargers, which was, Aggressive to a fault at times, but yes, I would probably, if I had a choice, I would prefer the person be aggressive. You know, it just, it was such an issue with Zimmer um, over his career, especially the last couple of years where it just, you felt like there was no rhyme or reason sometimes with what they were. It was emotional a lot of times. Yeah. And so I do think, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it can't hurt to have one of these, you know, a game management court, somebody who's thinking about it all the time and, and has data, but he kept saying it might be a little bit chaotic in the headphones or whatever, but it will never be that way with our players. They're going to have clarity and we're going to, um, we're going to rehearse these situations and talk about them to where when we get in those situations, it's not going to be like, Oh my God, what are we doing? We're panicking, you know? Uh, so I, I think that probably was, um, it's good to hear, but it's always probably tougher to execute. That's what I was going to say. It's just it's really you know going chaotic down there. It's simple to say, hey, it's going to be there's going to be clarity. It's going to be very calm, and then game day comes, and it's like, oh my god, what's going on? People are panicking, and coaches panic. They're booing, and they're booing. Uh, you they're... know what? Exhibit A, two thousand nine NFC Championship game, Superdome. That part of the problem 
12 yep. men in the huddle was chaos. Chaos was allowed to creep in, and chaos is not the friend of good planning. All right, Chip Scoggins, we will uh, see you soon, and uh, you know, try to get off work, okay? I will. I know. So you can join us for a before. I can't write. I got to get a drink with my boys. (laughs) Just tell them you're gonna sip a couple beers and write from right from there. I find it to be very relaxing. All right, see you next week, boys.